so excited because this is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Every day is a good day in Jesus. The name of the message this morning is Resurrection Power of the Prophetic. And I will explain what I felt like the Lord showed me uh, concerning this topic. But as always, I like to pray first, so if you'd be kind enough to stretch your hand uh, towards me. Father, thank you for the worship in this house. So thankful for the heart of worship. And Lord, that you're so faithful with your presence to come every time we gather in the name of your Son. Father, we're so thankful for the price that was paid. Your great love for us that you... You gave it all when, when you gave your, your only son. And so, Father, I ask uh, this morning that uh, your son will be glorified through this message. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon me even now, God, that you will use me to, to speak what's on your heart. And as we place our hands on our own heart now, Father, will you open our hearts to receive? Lord, we're not here to play games. Uh, this isn't the, the game of life. <laughs> Father, this is serious business. It's, it's all about your kingdom and, and your son and the great love that you have for your people. We're so thankful, Lord. And so uh, we, we believe today, Father, that you're going to change us. We're going to be uh, a little bit more like the Lord Jesus when we leave this building today because of the power of the Holy Spirit uh, through this message and, and your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of you know <clears throat> that this church embraces the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I, I, I personally believe it's because the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, bring life to the body of Christ. And I, I've seen many churches... Uh, I've been a Christian for over 35 years. I've seen many churches that have become lifeless over the years because they wouldn't allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move inside the church. And to me, that's very sad. And I've seen the same thing happen in people's marriages, ministries, relationships, jobs, and every aspect of life. And I believe this is the work of the enemy. Because the enemy knows the power of the prophetic in our lives and the authority that has been given to the body of Christ through, through prophecy. And the driving force of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. I want to read out of Revelation this morning. We can't ever lose sight of, of how powerful the prophetic is, but what, what is the main purpose of the prophetic? And so here uh, John was writing... Verse 10, once again, chapter 19 of Revelation, he said, Then I fell at his feet. He's talking about this angel. There was an angel that has specifically been given by the Lord Jesus Christ to show John the things that were going to happen in the, in the future. He said, I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who, home for, who hold firmly to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, in other words, the driving force behind the prophetic is that Jesus will be glorified. It's all about him. When, when 
when we move in the gifts of the Spirit, it's about the Lord Jesus. It's to bring glory and honor to Him. We, we should never lose sight of that. We, we aren't here to, to uh, worship the angelic realm, even though we embrace the angelic realm. We're not here to worship any part of creation above the Lord Jesus Christ. He's first and foremost. And we should never focus on the gifts of the prophetic to the point where we would lose focus of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. It's about the price he paid. And so I embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophecy, because I know in my life and for the life of the people I love, it's to point them to Jesus and to bring glory and honor to him. And so that's why I embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm never going to, you know, get caught up in the, the wow and the awe of the gifts, even though the gifts are so amazing. And, and we've seen so many amazing things happen in the church here. Uh, so many people healed and unusual things that have happened. Um, I, I, and there's so many things, but I've always pointed to, I even forget now how long it's been, but whatever, a year ago or so, that the actual fragrance of the Lord came in the building where there was like an orange blossom, kind of rose petal smell. I uh, didn't even smell it that day, but many, many people did. And it was interesting that um, Keith had told me, I, I think it was last Sunday or the one before, he, he goes, Pastor Kurt, I smelt the, he goes, three times during worship, I had my eyes closed and I smelt orange blossom in the church. And uh, I was like so excited because I had been praying, Lord, please let that happen again. And, and once again, not because I'm, I'm so caught up in that, but just because to me, it points to the Lord Jesus Christ because the fragrance is his fragrance. And it, to me, it's just showing that the presence of the Lord is in this place and he's pleased with what's going on here. And so um, I'm thankful for all the healings that take place in this church and the many more that we're going to see. And, and, and however the Lord manifests his glory in this place, but once again, my focus and attention is on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and if we keep that there, then we're going to keep the Holy Spirit pleased and we're going to see more of the power of the Holy Spirit move, move in this church. I want to go to 1 Corinthians Jesus paid the price, and so he deserves all the glory. And what a price he paid. <laughs> uh, we'll never know the full extent of it. I, I believe it'll take us through all of eternity to truly even begin to understand the love that he has for us and, and the price that he paid. Um, so even though we're not supposed to uh, Put the gifts of the Holy Spirit above the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The scripture tells us that. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, I'm uh, starting in verse 1, it starts out, Paul said, pursue love. Boy, just an, another side note. <laughs> if we, if, you know, just like some foundation stones that we need to build upon. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's right, he's the... The sure foundation. He's the tried and true precious cornerstone. And when we build the church upon him, uh, we can never go wrong. And, and, and he is love. He's love personified. And so Paul here, and, and I've said this so many times. Once again, I'm so thankful for the miracles that we've seen in this church. But if we don't have love, we've missed it. 
we, we have to know that, that love is the foundation of this church. And Paul said that. He said, no matter what I do, if I don't have love, then it's meaningless. And so above, above all in this church, I pray every day, Father, let this church be known as a church of love. Because if we do that, if we learn to love well, then once again, the Holy Spirit's going to be pleased. And we're going to see so many amazing things happen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. You know, some translation, it says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him... But he speaks mysteries in the spirit. Some of you might not know this if, if you're new to the church, but, but we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one of the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is speaking in tongues or praying in other languages. I personally do this every day throughout the day. And, I, you know, it, it brings spiritual uh, strengthening to myself. And that's what Paul is talking about here. It says... Uh, on the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening and encouragement and consolation. So um, when uh, a person speaks in another tongue, he builds himself up or he, he builds up the spiritual man. He strengthens the spiritual man. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. So we're, once again, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I, and I personally would encourage each one of you, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, to seek that. That's one of the spiritual gifts. It tells us here to desire or to seek the spiritual gifts. That's one of the gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. I encourage you even more as your pastor to ask for the gift of the prophetic to come upon your life, because for me personally, yes, I want to build up my spiritual life, but if I can touch other people, even, even more so, this is something that I want. And so d desire both of those. And why do we prophesy? To strengthen others. Once again, prophecy has, you know, this is the, the name of the message, the resurrection power of, of, of the prophetic, right? Prophecy has the power to resurrect a lifeless church, or any marriage, or any relationship, ministry, career, or any other aspect of life that the enemy has come and brought death to. But today I want to look at a story in the Old Testament that I believe uh, just solidifies what I'm uh, trying to say in this message. And so I'm going to go to uh, 2 Kings. This is about Elisha, the prophet, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit about him after I read this, this scripture. How many of you know uh, the story of Elijah and Elisha? Okay, I'm glad everybody knows. <laughs> Elijah was a very interesting character. One of only two people in the Bible that never died. One was Enoch. He, he walked with God and God took him. And the other was Elijah. And he was taken to heaven in a chariot that came. And Elisha actually witnessed this incredible event that happened. And uh, so anyways, uh, Elijah, Elisha had served under Elijah. And he had uh, been mentored under him. Elijah was 
probably the greatest prophet at that time. And uh, Elisha was there to serve him and, and was under the anointing that he had. And he was uh, even given, he had asked, Elijah said, what can, what can I give you before I'm taken? Because the Lord had spoken to Elijah and said, this is your last day on the earth. I'm taking you off the earth. And he had told Elisha, he said, this is the last day I'm going to be here. What can I give you before I leave? And he said, I want a double portion of your spirit or your anointing. And Elijah said, wow, you, you've asked for a lot. But he said, he said, if you see me when I'm taken, it will be given to you. And many of you know the story that he saw, he goes, he goes, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of heaven. So he literally saw this chariot that came from heaven that scooped Elijah up and the mantle, the cloak that Elijah had worn fell to the ground and Elisha picked it up and it was this, uh, significant of the mantle that had been passed to Elisha. And so anyway, uh, this is after Elisha had died. I'm starting in verse uh, 20, I believe. It says, Now the Moabite raiders used to come into the land in the spring of the year. Once, as the Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a raiding party. So they threw the man into Elisha's tomb, and when he touched Elisha's bones, the man revived and stood up. It's not something you see every day. (laughs) I think I'd try to remember where those bones were in case I had any other friends or family that uh, (laughs) needed to be resurrected. (laughs) Uh, I I believe this isn't just some, you know, little quick story the Lord threw in there. I mean, it seems kind of even out of place. If you've read prior to this, it's like, you know, Lord, what... What's up with that? And it just, uh, I believe that there's a spiritual and prophetic significance to the story. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to tell you what I feel like the Lord was speaking through this. And once again, I, I always invite you to read through the story yourself and even do some background on it because there's much more. And the Lord's going to speak more to you. If, if you're interested, there's always more that you can glean from the story. But just to try to keep it simple today, I'll just tell you a couple quick things that, that stood out to me that I felt like the Lord was speaking. And so, um, in this story, the Israelites, is talking about the Israelites here, it, they represent to me the people of God. That's us. It's who's, whoever has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, made him their, their Lord and Savior, and you've heard me preach this so many times. Most people want Jesus to be their Savior, but not so much their Lord. But it's a package deal. Like, you, he becomes Lord of your life, and, and, and that's a lifelong journey. I'm, I'm still learning to this day of how he becomes my Lord. And, and you know, he, he's always asking more of me, and I want him to. I want, I want to learn to give more of my life to him. Because my, my human side, my flesh fights him to not want to give him everything because there's certain things that I want to control in my life when actually we all know we're not in control of our life. We're, I mean, we, we can't even control the next breath. It, the, the next breath that you take in this next you know, moment or so comes from the Lord. It, it says that if he took his breath away, that all of creation would die. So the breath that's in your lungs comes from him. <laughs> And so just, you know, getting into that mindset that, Lord, everything that I have is yours anyways. So, so help me to, to uh, 
relinquish all of my life to you and understand that, that he has a good plan for your life. It's a much better plan than you have for your life. And so the Israelites, the, the people of God, this is what I believe, you know, the Lord's speaking in this story. And they were burying a man. I believe this is significant of, of dealing with everyday life. We all have difficult situations that we're going to have to encounter and deal with, right? Everybody. You know, Jesus said, in this life, you'll have many troubles or tribulations. He, Jesus never, uh, you know, tried to candy coat it. I mean, that, anybody who's lived longer than, whatever, 10 years, <laughs> knows that you're going to have difficult situations in life. But Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome. I've overcome, and so we are overcomers because he's overcome. He's overcome the world. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we, so we have all these victorious things that we can think about that we know is true. And, and he said, Jesus said, I will never leave you. He's not going to leave you. I promise you, when you're going through the most difficult time, he is, he is most available at that moment. He doesn't hide himself. He doesn't play hide and seek when, when things get rough. He's not shaken by your difficult circumstance in your life. He doesn't get rattled. He's the rock. <laughs> That's for sure. So the raiding party, to me, obviously the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? John 10.10. Elisha's bones, the prophetic DNA or lifeline of the Holy Spirit. The lifeline, the Holy Spirit, the prophetic move of the Holy Spirit is our lifeline. He's what, you know, just think about it. What raised the body of the Lord Jesus Christ from the, from the grave? Anybody know? The Holy Spirit, right? It was the quickening power of the Holy Spirit that zapped the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and raised him from the dead. What, what brings life to us spiritually? The Holy Spirit, right? All right, thank you. <laughs> One person's tracking with me. I'm glad. He definitely brings life. Once again, there's resurrection power in the, in the prophetic. I'm embracing the prophetic because I know it brings life to this church. And, and, and the thing is, we see in part, we know in part, uh, and I've, I've tried to share this so many times, we have to know that, sure, we embrace the prophetic, but we all only see in part and know in part, and sometimes we're going to miss it. But if our foundation is love, if our motivation is love, if, if, if when we give prophetic words, whether it's myself or my wife or, or Louis or, you know, countless others, we, we, we all have the, the ability to prophesy. If we will have the motivating factor behind our prophetic is love, then things are going to end up in a good place. Because you'll have mercy on me when, when I give you a prophetic word, the, the, the onus is on you to take it to the Lord. Because I'm telling you, I feel like this is what the Lord's saying. I always try to preface it like that. Whenever I give a prophetic word, whether it's over the church uh, in general or to one of you specifically, uh, you know I always try to remember to say, I even if I'm in my spirit, I'm certain. I'm saying, I feel like the Lord is saying this. Because I want you to take it to the Lord and pray through it. And, and most of the time, too, know that a prophetic word is an invitation. 
The Lord's showing you his heart, but he's saying, here it is. Do you want it? And then if you want it, then you take that to the Lord and say, yes, Lord, that, that's something I want in my life. And you'll pray it into fruition in, in your life. Elijah or Elisha, you know, once again, I said that Elisha was given the double portion of Elijah's spirit. To me, this is God again confirming the importance of the next generation increasing in the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing God's kingdom upon the earth. I believe that, that we, or my generation, the, the uh, responsibility upon myself, I, I'll just preach to myself this morning, is to raise up the next generation. I believe I'm accountable. I believe that I'm going to stand before the Lord one day, and he's going to say, Kurt, were you diligent to raise up the next generation? I know he put that on my heart, and, and I'm just presenting that to you this morning. Whether, whether you have uh, children in the natural or in the spiritual realm, I'm presenting that to you this morning. W- would, you, would you pray about taking that uh, responsibility upon yourself to raise up the next generation, to know God, to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring his kingdom upon the earth. Is, is the Lord Jesus worthy of that? He definitely is. I want to teach my children and my grandchildren how to move in the prophetic realm, teaching them how to release the life of Christ into lifeless situations in their life and in the lives of the people that they love. How many of you know people that have some type of lifeless situation going on right now? We all do. It's, you can't help but run across it. We, we have them in our own lives. There's things, there's areas that need to be resurrected. Maybe uh, some of you might be thinking, Pastor Kurt, I, I don't know how to prophesy. And, and I want to tell you this morning, sure you do. See, see this book right here? Anybody recognize this? This is a Bible. This is full of prophetic words. Begin to read this and begin to speak it over your life. Begin to speak it over your marriage. Begin to speak it over your children. Uh, maybe children that have uh, you know, turned from the Lord. Speak it over uh, difficult situations in your job or, or whatever. Any aspect of life. Maybe you have some type of health issue. Begin to proclaim God's word over that situation. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard. If I've heard this once, I've heard it a hundred times where people were battling some type of disease and they began to just speak God's word of healing over that disease and they were healed. And it doesn't just work for healing, but there's so many areas in our life. God's word is living and power and, you know, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Whatever difficult situation you're facing in your life, I promise you, you can begin to take the authority, your God-given right, your authority is to take God's word and begin to speak it over that situation. And you'll bring life to that situation. I promise you it will happen. God's word will not come back void. It will perform whatever you send it out to you. you in, in, in Psalms 50, it, the Lord, you know, read Psalms 50. If it, you know, that's like my chapter, my life's chapter, Psalm 50. Read it. And it talks about those of us that have made a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, we can come. We have that right to take his word and begin to declare it over our lives. It talks all about that. 
But, you know, on the other hand, he says, those that haven't made a covenant, they have no right to come to me. The Lord says that. I'm going to end with uh, this, this scripture right here. Paul solidifying what, what I'm talking about here in Romans. Chapter 4, verse 17 It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He's talking about uh, Abraham here. He is our father in God's sight, in whom Abraham believed. Now, many of you know the story of Abraham was he, he didn't have a son that he could uh, give his inheritance to. And he had sought the Lord about that. And he's 99 years old. <laughs> And the Lord says, you're going to have a son. And, and his wife was in her 90s. He, he told Sarah, you're going to have a son. And she laughed, right? She's just like, this is comical. I mean, we, we, this, this, we're past the age of being able to have children. And, but Abraham believed God. So in other words, there was an impossible situation that uh, was in his life, yet he believed God that God's word could perform what he had said it would. And so, the, so we are of, we're Abraham's children. That's what Paul is talking about here. We're Abraham's children. So if we believe like Abraham, then we're going to be able to see the impossible things done in our lives. It says the God who gives life to the dead, any dead situation that, that we see in our life that needs res resurrection. And, you know, to, to, uh, for me... Uh, <laughs> First and foremost, I want my heart to burn for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be the Laodicean church that becomes complacent, that becomes lukewarm. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to begin to prophesy that over my life, that, that my heart is going to burn for Lord Jesus Christ more every day that I'm alive from now until I you know, pass over to the other side. I'm not going to you know, become cold or complacent. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I, I'm speaking life into that dead area because the enemy comes to rob me of that. But I say, no, he's not going to do that. I, I want my heart, once again, to burn for him more. I want to be more in love with the Lord Jesus Christ every day, week, month, and year until I pass over. That, that's what's going to happen for me. I can tell you this morning, that's what's going to happen for me. And call the things into existence that do not exist. That's the other thing. Once again, some of you, maybe your finances are in a mess. <laughs> but you can call into existence plenty, prosperity, because that's God's heart for you. If you're battling some type of you know, illness, you, even though you're not healed right now, you can call that into ex existence. That's what God's word is saying. There's some kind of stronghold that's in your life. The power of the, of the prophetic will break through that and break that stronghold, whatever it is. We're going to, uh, speaking of the prophetic, we're going to go into a little bit of prophetic ministry. Uh, Louis told me he had a couple words this morning. So I'm going to have Louis come up, and then we will, oh, and KJ, yes, KJ.